My name's Leon Coates, pastor of Kennevay Evangelical Church. Making disciples, equipping the saints. Bible-based, Christ-centered. How to think and pray about Israel. Last week I read Matthew 24, 6-14 for biblical direction on how to think about wars, earthquakes and famines that abound around the world at the moment. But after a week of reading the news and conversations with people and questions that came up, I think more needs to be said specifically in relation to Israel. Some background then. In AD 70, Israel ceased to be a nation. They were destroyed by the Romans and dispersed into other nations. But they continued to be a people group and persevered over the centuries, despite lots of persecution against them everywhere they went. After the Holocaust, during the Second World War, the United Nations assigned land to them in May 1948, and they immediately faced a war with six Arab nations. They held on to the land, but ever since then have faced several attempts to, de- to be destroyed. One of the most significant was on October the 5th, 1975, the Yom Kippur War. Israel won that, but with significant casualties. And it's no coincidence that what happened last week, this latest attack, happened on the 50th anniversary of that assault, on the Sabbath, and a significant Jewish festival at which most were caught off guard celebrating. In 2005, Israel was seeking peace and gave control of the Gaza Strip to the Palestinians, but soon after a radical group, Hamas, took control of it. Hamas is supported by Iran, and is similarly committed to destroying the nation of Israel. Israel has tried to balance the allowing of supplies into Gaza with the need to protect its border, as these radical Islamic groups repeatedly fire rockets and launch attacks from Gaza into Israel. The attack last week was evil. No two ways about it, no other ways to describe it. Knowing people were on holiday, the Hamas terrorists crossed the border, and before returning to Gaza with about 150 to 200 hostages, they killed indiscriminately, mostly civilians, going into homes and bomb shelters where people had gathered to escape the attacks. Even babies killed in their beds. People decapitated, young and old, and even worse things that I can't repeat here. Yet I hear people cheering for Palestine. Anti-Jewish attacks are on the rise in London. Imagine there was a pro-France gang that snuck into Jersey from San Marlo, raided people's homes, killed people, babies in their beds, took some hostages back with them, mothers with their children, and then to hear some people in the rest of the world cheering for France. What a disgrace. Reminds me of Romans one thirty-two: people approving of those who practice sins worthy of death. But all that's happened. What does that mean for us? Well, first, what do these things mean for the future? Some of these ideas come from Dr. Michael Grisanti of the Master's Seminary, who wrote in a blog post on the 14th of October 2023. Uh, He gave 11 points to think about with regards to what this means for the future. First, as the creator of the universe, including the Earth, God is the owner and controller of all that exists. He can give land on earth as he pleases, for his glory. Yahweh, the covenant name for God, chose Abraham and his descendants through Isaac and Jacob to be his covenant people. 
He made them his people and guaranteed that he would give them land and make them into a nation. You see that throughout Genesis at different points. Third, God loves his covenant people. Again, throughout scripture, it describes that. Fourth, God repeatedly affirms his relational commitment to Israel as his servant nation. As described in Exodus, Deuteronomy and Isaiah. God remains faithful in his commitment to his covenant people. Fifth, God gave his word, both the Old and New Testament, through Israel. Almost all the biblical authors were Jewish believers. Sixth, God provided the Messiah, Jesus, through his chosen people. Seven, Old Testament predictions about God's promise to establish his kingdom over the entire globe, which includes his promise to restore a believing nation of Israel to the promised land, see that in Zechariah and Isaiah. Those promises will be literally fulfilled in a way that closely matches the wording of those promises in Scripture. Eighth, the biblical prophets often connect that fulfilment of a redeemed nation of Israel's return to the land of promise, to the second coming of the Messiah and his establishment of his kingdom on earth. Nine, The next prophetic event in God's plan involves the rapture, Christ's return to take believers to heaven and move his plan for creation forward toward his rule on earth in justice and peace. 10. Israel becoming a nation in 1948 isn't the pinnacle of God's promise to restore his covenant people to the land of promise, but having Israel as a nation at that time is part of God's providential preparation for the tribulation. The Antichrist will establish a peace treaty with Israel in the first part of that seven-year period, as Daniel 9.27 describes, which he'll then break halfway through the tribulation. 11. When we pray for peace of Jerusalem, as Psalm 122 expresses, we do want that region of the world to have peace instead of violence and conflict, but the main thing we're praying for is the return of Jesus, the Messiah, to earth, because he's the only one who can ultimately bring true and lasting peace to pass. So what should we pray for now? Nine ideas. One, that God would limit the evil of Hamas and its supporters. Two, for sensitivity to Israel and Palestinians around the world. Three, God's people in Gaza and Israel would stand firm in the faith, even where they've been directly affected, losing loved ones, After all, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Four, for God's protection over Christians on both sides. Five, wisdom for Israel's leaders, particularly not going beyond dealing with Hamas. Six, God's protection of the innocent, Israeli and Palestinian. Seven, that peace would come in that place. Eight, for salvation of Palestinians and Israelis. And nine, Pray for the salvation of Israel, for them to turn to their Messiah, in light of Zechariah 12, 1-10, which describes events which haven't happened yet. Thanks for listening to the Solid Ground podcast. It's our hope that Christians would be encouraged to present a biblical worldview and others would hear the gospel. If you have questions, please email contact at kenevaec.com. That's contact at kenevaec.com.